So we can continue with our meditation, getting in a comfortable but still upright and alert posture. Don't worry too much about sitting cross-legged. It's more important to sit upright. Some people can sit only cross-legged when their body, their back is really bent. And then it's actually rather better to sit on a stool or a chair to have the back properly upright. And then in times like uh, these we're going through right now, it is important to have something to uplift us, something to give us uh, energy, confidence, joy in a wholesome way, something that can raise our mind um, above all the, the challenging and threatening things which are happening worldwide. The Buddha actually had recommended uh, six meditation objects, in particular for the laity, Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha. Buddha Nusati, Dhamma Nusati, Sangha Nusati. And then reflection on one's own virtue, the precepts one is keeping and preserving in one's heart, in one's action and speech. Sila Nusati. Then reflection on one's own generosity, one's letting go and sense of giving things away, chaganu sati, and finally devatanu sati, a recollection of the devas. It's an interesting one, but we can see. Is closely connected. Those who have faith and recollect Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha, who are virtuous and who are generous, this is exactly the ones who will later end up as devas in their next birth. So when we do these reflections and, and when we, first of all, act in that way, and then the devas will be very delighted, and then they will be quite close to the devas, even if they are in a different realm of existence, and they will be close to us. And there's so many people I see here on the screen who have joined, and I know personally, and I know how incredibly generous they are, and how diligent they are in observing the precepts and developing virtue. 
Now I can strongly recommend them to use that to uplift the mind when you start meditating. Even if you use a different meditation object later, just a short time to bring to mind your great accomplishment if you can keep the five precepts. Sometimes it appears to me as a monk, maybe even more difficult to keep your five precepts when you're battling in worldly life out there with jobs and family and all the obligations compared to keeping the full Upasampada Sida, the full Patimokha in a good forest monastery. It is certainly a great accomplishment. My Anumodana, my Mudita, my sympathetic joy and rejoicing to every single lay person who manages to observe these five precepts regularly and diligently. My impeccable, immaculate, unblemished. If one can do that in day life, that's a huge. And I think sometimes those who succeed in doing that, keeping the five precepts very immaculate in day life, they are underestimating or undervalue their accomplishment there. It's really big. It's great good karma. It's a great gift to all beings. And it has great transformative power in your heart in terms of changing the whole character, the whole the quality of our mind in terms of Dhamma, in terms of developing the Eightfold Path. Sometimes you may feel you don't have enough time to sit formal meditation with all your duties. But uh, keeping these five precepts long term, just that much has a huge transformative power and means that your heart will become the brighter and lighter and purer. Uh, constantly, persistently. And if occasionally you can top it up on the weekends, or at least the full moon days, maybe full moon and new moon and weekends, at least occasionally with the eight precepts, and even more Mudita and Anamodana to you. That's actually already very close to monks and nuns. Going from five to eight precepts, you may think it's only in the three precepts more, and the monks have 227 main ones. It looks like a gigantic difference. But once you're on eight precepts, the only real major difference is the 
uh, money, owning, using, using money. Other than that, you know, the eight precepts are already covering a, a lot of the Brahmacharya, of the holy life, you know, as monks and nuns are living it. And if you observe that regularly, once a month, even once a week, once a week means you have about 53 days living similar to a monk or nun in a year. In 10 years, and that's 530 days like a monk or a nun, very similar, already more than a year. So my encouragement to bring that to mind, sila nusati. I mean, people are proud and happy when they have accomplishments in the gym or if they have managed to uh, one five kilometers a little bit faster. Or if they had a great party or if they went to a fancy restaurant and had some special meal. Why not being filled with a sense of wholesome accomplishment about these precepts you keep instead? It's so much nobler and more wholesome. There's nothing conceited or in any way negative about recollecting your accomplishment in virtue. The Buddha recommended it. You should feel that sense of uh, wholesome accomplishment. You should feel happy about it. You should remember it. It's the instruction of the Buddha. Following the instruction of the Buddha, you rejoice in your own achievement of the virtual keeping precepts. It gives you a sense of strength, a sense of confidence.
and similar with generosity. And there's so many of those who are joining here who I know personally, and unbelievably generous people, even to the extent of sacrificing. But unfortunately, sometimes these incredible, generous, sacrificing persons and somehow neglect to get the full benefit from it. And the full benefit is only attained if one deliberately reflects on it and brings it to mind and contemplates it and remembers it. So many people like to berate themselves for anything they did wrong. Instead, why not remembering all the good things you have done? Potter Gati Karo was the chief donor of the previous Buddha, the blessed Buddha Kasapa. Just like Anatta Pindakana was the main supporter of our Buddha, the blessed one Gautama. But Anatta Pindakana was a banker and a billionaire. The amazing thing about this main uh, donor to Buddha Kasapa is that he was only a potter, but hardly anything. So how did he get declared as the foremost, foremost donor? He had invited uh, Buddha to spend the veins retreat. And then during the rains retreat, uh, the Buddha's hut had some lack of thatching. It started raining inside. So the uh, monks went to uh, Gatikaro's house and his workshop, pottery, to get some thatching material. And he was just out, he wasn't there, but his blind parents, the only reason why he didn't ordain, he was the only child, he had to look after his blind old parents. This is why he couldn't ordain. And so the monks asked the blind parents, the 
time, in fact, that they actually started um, taking the thatching material from Gatikawa's in the workshop. So they used uh, the thatching from his hut for, or from his workshop at least, for the Buddha's hut. And then Katikao came back and he noticed that half the thatching of his workshop is suddenly gone in the rainy season. And he asked his parents what happened. And the parents said that this was given to the monks to thatch Buddha Kasatva's Hatna to make it fully rainproof. And then Gatikawa was very happy that he could do this tremendous service to a Buddha, making sure that the Buddha's Hatna is rainproof. And the parents were very happy. So compared to what many of you have done, the giving some basically straw and therefore thatching a hut is actually much less materially. So what is the reason that he was declared the chief donor? The Buddha, the Buddha explained that uh, in the case of Katikavo, he had piti, rapture, that he could give the thatching for the Buddha's hut in the rainy season for two weeks. In a whole fortnight he was blessed out that he could do this act of generosity. And that the Buddha had this great trust in him. That he would even ask the monks to take it from his workshop, even when he's away, because he knew that Katikawa would love to do that, to give that. And in the parents, the blind old parents, the rapture, the piti, lasted for one week. They were blissed out that they did this act of generosity to a Buddha. So you have given much more than fetching materials, or the ones I know. But how about the rapture? Could you bliss out on that for two weeks? for one week or do you just forget about it quickly so when you practice this great generosity you know, the joy, the palmodja the gladness the rapture, the bliss that is rightfully yours you should deliberately even develop that. You should feel happy about it. That's the instruction of the Buddha. Some tell me they were told to do something good and straight away forget about it. That's not the instruction of the Buddha. Remember the good things you have done. Bring it to mind and feel gladness about it, feel happy about it, feel joyful. Remember the next good thing you have done and feel even more happy, bliss out.
And once you develop that virtue and develop that generosity and you reflect on it, you remember it, you contemplate it, you feel glad about it, you feel that joy that comes from virtue and generosity, you feel that happiness, you bliss out, reflecting on your virtue and generosity. And you have got one foot in Devaloka already, anyhow. You've got a heart that is filled with generosity and the joy and bliss coming from it. A heart that is purified by virtue. And the unavajra, the blameless happiness and the clear conscience of Vipatisara we're connected with virtue. That is already a heart like a deva, even here on this world. We feel very close to the devas. But I think that is now why the Buddha then includes reflection on devatas. With one foot in deva loka already. You're much less worried what may happen with the pandemic. Because you realize, even in the worst case scenario, if you have to leave this world and this body behind, then you go to a very good place. And even if you are sitting back home alone, in isolation, quarantine, lockdown, home confinement directive or whatever they call it. You don't feel alone because you know you are close to the devas and the devas are close to you and the devas is angels. You would call angels in English. So never mind the home confinement. Stay at home, wherever they different words for the same thing, lockdown. Walking around in the crowds in the shopping centers or the big events. It's not as good as sitting at home with a pure heart, purified by virtue and generosity and being surrounded by angels. may think, what is Bhante talking there? The Buddha himself said that today is a full moon night. And he said the four great kings of the devas personally will visit this human world and will check out all their beings who are observing the oppositor. Not just any devas, not just any Yaka or Naga or Garuda or Kumbhanda or Minor spirits, you know, the four great kings of the first level of Devaloka, they personally walk around and check out. And of course, if they see you observing Uposata, keeping precepts, even eight precepts, they will rejoice, they will delight, they will feel mudita and anamodana, 
So don't underestimate it. You may not see the devas, the angels, but they, they be there. If your heart is pure, you do these reflections. You're blissed out from generosity and virtue which you have accomplished. So the devas will be there. They will find you. You may ask me, how could they find me so many people? There's so many people, but how many have virtue and generosity to a good extent? How many are observing the opposite? Very rare to have anyone keeping eight precepts. And for the devas, for the spirits, now they just have to look and they see the light, they see the brightness of your heart. It's like if someone is flying in a, in, a, in a plane, or even if you have a drone flying over nature and it is dark at night, and someone has a little fire going there, you will see that from kilometers. If you fly in 10 kilometers high, you will see the fire immediately, the light. So trust that the angels will easily find you, and they just look and Although there are all these people living here, and maybe you're in a city of more than a million, uh, the Deva will just go on seeing the radiance of your heart and they're right with you. And they rejoice with you. And the more blissed out you are about your virtue and generosity, no deva would criticize you for that. They would praise you. They would say, yes, they should be blessed out that they are such good people. They should be blessed out reflecting on your generosity and virtue. This is the instruction of the Buddha. This is what got us into Deva Loka. This is how they will think. We can continue a few more minutes quietly, reflecting on your virtue, reflecting on your generosity, and reflecting on the angels who will be right with you and will be rejoicing in all your goodness.
Abha Motova Chandima, like the moon released from the clouds. That's what we chant in the forgiveness ceremony, the one simile the Buddha gave. The full moon released from the clouds, the shining wide, shining radiantly. And we just had that, we could see that very beautifully. We're walking around our little Agasala here on top of Damagiri here, and a few little clouds in the sky, but the, the, the moon freed and unobstructed and shining with this beautiful light of the full moon. And this is what your heart is like, and it's freed from stinginess by the practice of generosity. And free from the stain of stinginess, and your heart is shining bright through your practice of generosity, of chaga, dana. Freed from you know, the stain of um, killing, stealing, central misconduct, lying, and drugs and intoxicants. May your heart is shining bright like the full moon now released from the clouds. I should uh, add from the little story about the potter Gati Karo. Now after his uh, thatching from his workshop was removed, now half of the thatching was taken away by the monks to instead thatch the meditation hut, the kuti of the Buddha Kasapa. They say that uh, nothing rained inside his workshop. There was not a single drop of the heavy rains in the rainy season raining inside his workshop. Although the workshop was only half thatched because of someone is so generous and so giving and so pure. He was actually an anagami, the third stage of enlightenment and only held back from ordaining and becoming a full arahant by the duty of having to look after his old and blind parents. So uh, the devas made sure that he would not suffer any hardship from that. Some people are also surprised how can the Buddha actually allow the monks to take away the thatching from his workshop to put it on his side instead, and it wasn't an act of selfishness on the side of the Buddha. Now, there's no selfishness possible in the enlightened mind, but it was an act of showing a supreme, supreme trust in that lay disciple. Now, as a normal person, the Buddha would never do that. In this case, he knew 100% this guy, this supporter is so generous, and he will be delighted, he will be blissed out that he gets that opportunity, and he will be happy to even give the thatching from his own home for the Buddha. So it was just another cause for Gatikawa to be even more delighted that the Buddha had so much trust in him. But the crucial point I wanted to make why I mentioned that story now, I know so many people are incredibly generous and giving much more than just the thatching, basically just straw or grass. Or maybe uh, leaves from uh, palm trees or whatever. Now, many of you have given much more. 
but how about the rejoicing? Remember, you blissed out for a fortnight, like when you got the cow, or like the pot I got the cow. Where you blissed out at least for one week, like the blind parents of Gatikawa. Now this is a difference. And this is how he made it to become a chief donor of a Buddha, although he wasn't a billionaire banker like Anata Pindika. He was just a poor potter. But it's not just the amount one gives, but it's the willingness and the sacrifice and the giving, even if one has littleness, obviously counts much higher. And then in particular, his ability to be so happy about it. The two weeks of rapture, of pity. And of course, there will be no defilements. Even if he didn't have time to sit in formal meditation, because he had to support himself and the parents, and he had to continue. In a, um, he actually didn't really sell his pottery anymore. He didn't really use money. And he would just put out his finished products outside the pottery, and then people would just come and take it and leave something else behind, leave some rice behind, and leave some uh, whatever he requires to live. He wouldn't even put price tags. He would trust people. They would take it and leave whatever is appropriate. So he was only bartering in that sense and not haggling about prices even. So he may have been quite busy doing his pottery, not just sitting formal meditation. But two weeks of bliss means basically two weeks without defilement. Because they will be suppressed from that wholesome rapture and bliss. So similar for you, if you're in lay life, you may not have the time and the opportunity to sit so much formal meditation. If you work there in healthcare, probably doing overtime and under that incredible pressure and stress and so on, so you may not be able to sit much formal meditation. But just remember your generosity and the bliss out. Remember the devas will be right with you. So you may be with the people who really have coronavirus, they're working in intensive care or something. But at the same time, particularly if you're additionally in a, a virtuous, keeping the precepts, have faith in Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha, and you practice the generosity to the Sangha, and now you're doing this job and this duty and sacrifice of looking after these sick people and maybe having some danger of getting infected yourself or even lacking some of the protective equipment. But the devas will be right with you. Keep that in mind. Your generosity is right with you even in the intensive care. It's in your heart. Your virtues in your heart is right with you and all the devas. Similar if you are in a home confinement. These are quite ugly words, isn't it? In a home confinement direction. Stay at home order. Quarantine, isolation. It does sound quite ugly. I would suggest instead hanging out with the devas, hanging out with the angels. <laughs> that sounds a little bit nicer, doesn't it? 
So don't see it so much if you're sitting in lockdown, another ugly word. If you're sitting in lockdown, you can't socialize with your loved ones, maybe even with friends. Don't see it as a lockdown, see it as some time of hanging out with the angels. Because trust me, now the angels will be right there. If you keep precepts, if you are generous, if you have faith in Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha, if you observe the Oposata and you release your heart from the defilements like the full moon freed from the clouds and your heart is shining bright, trust me, the devas will find you. The angels will be right with you. It's like when you go out now here in Brisbane in this full moon night and I ask you, can you see the moon? Can you find the moon? Do you have any difficulties identifying the moon in the sky when you're outside? With the present weather here in Brisbane, it would be impossible for anyone with eyesight at least. You don't even need good eyesight. You don't need 20-20 vision to find the full moon in the sky. It's shining brightly. It's so beautiful. I always like that in Australia compared to Europe where I come from, Germany. I notice that the air is uh, still much cleaner here. I think that would also be an advantage for us, uh, where they had the worst outbreaks of the virus in, like Wuhan, also northern Italy. I don't think New York has the cleanest air right now. Australia this is a beautiful, clean air, and the sunset and uh, the moon is so much brighter than what I remember in Germany. In any case, so you go out here and we have no difficulties finding that full moon. Similarly, when you have your heart released from defilements through your practice of virtue and generosity, through your observing of the Oposata, through your listening to Dhamma and chanting and committing to the precepts, for the devas, it's just like finding this full moon in the sky and finding the brightness of your heart. They identify you totally easy and the angels will be right with you. So what is better during the normal times when you can go out and hang out in the valley, that is the, in Brisbane, the entertainment precinct, with all the clubs and nightclubs and pubs and bars. And some people may regret they can't really do that right now. It's all closed. But now, as a virtuous Dhamma practitioner, do you have any regrets? What is better than being in the crowd, in the pubs and clubs and bars, or even being in the crowd in the stadium to watch the footy or whatever? or being under home confinement, hanging out with the angels. <laughs> I would go for the second one, isn't it? Much nicer. So please follow the instruction of the Buddha. Do Devata Nusati. Develop a sense of that presence. And even if you can't see them, Sometimes one may be able not to have a sense. But for those who have the psychic powers, like the Buddha himself, but also many monks, 
and Dipa Chakra, it's called, the power which arises from Samadhi. And then they can really see the devas, all of them, up to the Brahmaloka. And very few people and they have that power because very few people and they have that Samadhi nowadays. But even normal individuals, so to speak, without that highly developed mind, they may be able to sometimes see a little bit. Some people can sometimes see ghosts and spirits. But even those who can't see anything, sometimes there may be a little bit of a sense as is in the divine presence. And the Buddha encourages that. We have got one foot in Devaloka. If you have faith in Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha, if you keep precepts and practice generosity, may you're quite on track to be reborn amongst the angels. And if one thinks about that, and one feels joyful and happy, and doesn't feel afraid anymore of any dangers to our body like viruses, what really counts in your heart, these qualities which are shining like the full moon freed from the clouds, that they are in your heart, they're not in your body. And more virus can obscure the moon, isn't it? If you look at the news and if you observe how the cases are developing of the pandemic, maybe you become quite distraught and the virus can obscure. In that sense, but if you step out into the full moon night, although, although Brisbane is also in the lockdown, not quite as strict as in some other places in Australia, yes, they're comparatively lucky there. Uh, still we are under lockdown, and the virus is here in the country, but the moon is just shining like always. The virus has no power in obscuring the moon there. And similar, the virus has no power obscuring the beautiful qualities in your heart of generosity and virtue and faith, confidence, trust in the Buddha. And you have the promise of the Buddha, even if you haven't attained any of the noble attainments of the stages of enlightenment. Now the Buddha said, even just Pema Matam Sadha Matam, a sufficient amount of faith and affection to the Buddha, sufficient amount of devotion and trust and confidence in the Buddha, you're already destined for Devaloka. This is not me saying that, you may not believe me and I, but this Ajahn talking there about Devas and so on, is it actually true? If you don't believe me, believe the Buddha, is a direct quote. Those who have a sufficient amount of just devotion, faith, confidence, trust, affection towards the Buddha, the highest being in the whole universe, where they're destined, they're right on track to go to Devaloka, promises you that. So rejoice in that, feel happy about that, do Devatanusati, think about it, feel close to the Devas, particularly if you are 
in home confinement and you can't socialize with the ones who are close to you, possibly even your loved ones, your good friends. Instead, socialize with the angels by sitting there in front of your shrine, doing the puja, purifying your heart, freeing your heart from clouds and defilements through Buddha puja, through the chanting, through offering flowers and incense, uh, through sitting meditation, through listening to Dhamma, make your heart brighter and brighter. Enjoy the full moon, go out. If you can do that, I don't want to give you any instruction against the, any confinement orders you may be, I don't want different countries where they're very strict. But at least you know, go to the window on the balcony and look at this full moon and enjoy the radiance and then enjoy the radiance in your own heart. Like you go out, you look into the sky and you see that beauty and that brightness. So uh, focus internally, uh, sit down in meditation and look down, look inside, look into your heart and notice there's an even greater radiance with the radiance from virtue and generosity and faith and shining brightly inside and tuning into that. You can do both, compare and reflect and have the beauty of the moon inspiring you to discover the beauty of all the paramis and the virtue and the faith and the sadha in your heart. And just like you enjoy the moon and the beautiful light there, so you enjoy the internal light shining of your parami and your virtue and your generosity and your faith, your confidence. These are some uh, reflections I can offer here. And there may be any comments, any questions, if you'd like to send something. Do you believe me about the devas finding you? Do you trust at least the Buddha? And he's saying you're distinct for heavenly word, never a sufficient amount, even just of faith, devotion, trust, confidence in the Buddha. Okay, if there's uh, nothing coming up. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Bhante. I was glad to find this happening tonight from Joel. I'm happy that you enjoyed it, Joel. Very good reflection, Ajahn. I like to hang out with the devas. Mm-hmm. Yep, enjoys hanging out with the <laughs> angels. <laughs> I hope she's not the only one. Much better than the bars and clubs and pubs 
not so many devas in there. And so sometimes I don't feel lonely. Sometimes as a Dhamma practitioner in our modern society, you may sometimes feel a little bit like an oddball. Certainly as monks, and if we go out in our walk, we feel a little bit like oddballs. Similar, if you're really a virtuous, you're, you're not lying, you're not killing. You spend your time in meditation and going to monasteries and listening to Dhamma talks and you're not uh, following all these indulgences and parties. You may feel a bit like an oddball and maybe even a bit lonely. And so reflection on devas is countering that. You're not lonely. You're the one who is hanging out with the angels. And if you reflect like that, and if you don't feel like oddballs, you feel very happy and very at ease in confinement. You feel very in a happy and at ease and joyful with a bright, radiant heart. Because now, rather than hanging out with other people, you have the company and the friendship and the support of the angels. I have a very good meditation path at home. Great to hear you. And so, but even as long as you have a big room, even once you can do a couple of steps you know, for a short meditation like we do here, and even that will work. If you can manage about 10, 12 steps, then it's already pretty good. And there's always a chance of, of a standing meditation. You can also get a change in postures by standing meditation. And Nip can see the moon while walking. Great. And even if you can't see the moon while walking, hopefully you can see the radiance of your heart, the light shining in your heart, the light of purity from virtue, the light of generosity from your sacrificing act. And that is shining internally. And even if you are in the northern hemisphere, where there's still no longer winter, and now it's early spring, April, but some of you may have even smog or air pollution or overcast. And I remember Germany, there's sometimes for weeks overcast weather. Never mind, inside, you know, your heart is shining like the full moon in Brisbane and this clear subtropical night. So your heart is shining with the good qualities you have developed from your dana, from your giving, from your sacrifice, from your virtue. Okay, thanks so much for all this encouraging feedback we are receiving from all the likes we are getting here for our live podcast. And uh, next one will be Friday noon. We had one scheduled for a Thursday evening, but I think it's actually better. I realize we have the Easter weekend. So we would rather have our sessions on the you know, holidays. Uh, details will be published. We will have sessions you know, every single day on the holidays. And uh, Pavita chanting for um, Thai and Sri Lankan New Year, Monday the 13th, and all the Easter holidays program every day. Details will be published. And I hope to see you again on the live podcast. We can finish by 
sharing merits, sharing our good karma with all the devas, all the spirits, and forming the aspiration that our goodness we develop in our heart will protect us from all misfortune, and that all the dharma practice we are doing will lead to us ultimately attaining the full release of Nibbana. <laughs>